0: Um, so, uh, this is funny, you know, uh, you can see, um, Nico finishing his dinner in the background here, uh, and, um, Thatcher and Corey are just over, uh, to my right. And, um, it reminds me of uh, a couple of months ago, we were on the pea green boat, uh, and the uh, kids came with me and one, one of them whispered on live radio, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. So this is live um, uh, talk, uh, uh, kind of real life, um, so uh, glad that you're all here and glad you're able to make it. Um, I was um, was thinking about uh, kind of what to, what to say, what could um, be helpful, and I realized that I am... Um, you know, just as confused and um, wondering what's, uh, um, what's going on here, uh, just like everybody else. It's uh, a time that, at least in my experience, I've um, never been through before. Uh, there's a lot of um, uncertainty, there's a lot of uh, fear, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of um, also really amazing Uh, community organizing that's happening. And, you know, one of the hardest things for me is um, that uh, my um, experience of practice, my experience of um, connecting with the Dharma has always been in relationship. Um, And I have a... um, a both real and imagined, uh, habit energy of that relationship, uh, being, uh, in kind of face-to-face direct contact with people. And this has been a challenge. Uh, um, I've noticed my mind is getting a little, uh, distracted and thin. I've been having a harder time concentrating just, uh, simply because so much of my, um, Life right now has been online, uh, both um, in venues like this, where we are engaging via video, and also in um, uh, other avenues. Um, uh, Corey and I are uh, involved with the Missoula Interfaith Collaborative and uh, some of their community organizing efforts. Part of another um, educational program that is mostly uh, on video call. Apologies for the for the dark here. Let's see if we. I don't know if I'll be able to lighten it up, but um, and I've I've just noticed that over the past week uh, I've had a, a harder time just simply concentrating, and I think part of that is uh, coming in from uh, this uh, collective uh, anxiety that uh, we're experiencing both um, locally, uh, hyper locally, as well as uh, nationally and globally. Um, And so uh, I was thinking about that, um, practice being um, relationship and relationship to what? Um, Well, a very fundamental level uh, relationship to Kind of our subjective experience, uh, relationship to our breath, um, relationship to our body, um, to our feelings, uh, to the way that we're seeing the world, um, to our thoughts, and and our our experience, our view of um, what's happening. So that is one place that um, that the practice is still strong and still able to support uh, through this time is uh, finding that ability to f- um, relate and be in relationship with our bodies, with our breath, with our feelings, um, and then uh, the kind of reaching out further. Uh, there's the relationship to um, Our neighborhoods. Uh, There's some wonderful, wonderful opportunities uh, in our neighborhoods to support um, people who are more vulnerable and who are struggling. I just learned today that our uh, children's uh, elementary school, which has a homelessness rate of 13%, is uh, providing both uh, computers and access to internet via Wi-Fi hotspots so that children who don't have that as a normal part of their lives will be able to um, participate in school. Um, And um, other programs, the elementary school buses are running, and uh, they're delivering food at the normal uh, pickup stops. Uh, And there's just... um, so many wonderful uh, places of engagement uh, that is not being done um, in large gatherings. Some of it is certainly done in person, in terms of uh, food delivery and those kinds of things. But the the contact is very limited, and it's very heartening. And so that's one place I've been putting my energy to, uh, to engage and find relationship uh, to our community. Um, this um, this way of, of reaching out, of um, compassionate action, of engaging in that way is um, has to be a little tempered, though, for myself because I I also notice. Uh, there's this strong energy and desire um, to rescue uh, everyone, to fix everything, uh, to um, to adopt that role where I am the one, um, me, actually me, I, I'm the person who uh, can fix this. And it's been a, a wonderful practice to um, give up Um, That idea of of control, of of rescue, and trust in our communities, Uh, trust in uh, our Sangha community here, but also our um, neighborhood communities, our uh, uh, city community, um, and other communities of people banding together. It's... uh, It's a gift to be able to uh, rest in that and to support uh, where we can and in in the way that we can. Because that uh, tendency to uh, rescue and fix uh, is just another expression of my anxiety, uh, my fear. Um, So coming back to that relationship to the breath, the body... Um, the feelings, perceptions, uh, our thoughts, uh, and kind of our, our experience of the world. And that relationship is not... Uh, uh, those uh, subjective experiences and ways of understanding are not just mine. Um, our, uh, our consciousness extends, um, much further than our own skin. Um, it is kind of the, the water that we swim in. Uh, so my anxiety is your anxiety. Uh, my stability is also your stability. And so when I act, uh, from a place of, uh, desire to rescue or fix, um, I may, uh, provide some kind of temporary relief, but I'm also providing my fear and anxiety uh, to the people that I'm trying to serve. Um, and of course, that uh, can lead to, um, to more suffering and more anxiety. Uh, and this whole experience for the past, um, at least in Montana, for the past uh, week and a half, has been um, a wonderful opportunity to practice how to respond quickly and how to move um, in a way that is um, timely, but at the same time, how to um, not respond with anxiety and rushing to find a place of stability um, uh, from where we can engage and one One way that I've uh, found that I can do that uh, and one way that I think uh, um, was part of my training uh, kind of in a clinical setting uh, is when I feel that, that anxiety come up, uh, when I'm hearing from somebody who is uh, very afraid and suffering, and I have that desire to reach out and to, to fix it for them, to take that suffering away, um, I come back to that relationship to the body and the breath and the, um, and the feelings. And I try to sort out whose anxiety is this? In some sense, as I said earlier, uh, my anxiety is your anxiety. But it's not really. Um, it's uh, um, my response or my um, feeling of that anxiety Is certainly shared Uh, but I don't have to adopt that um, for you I don't have to take that anxiety on take that fear on and then um, share it with you in that way Uh, it's a true practice to be able to sit with um, fear and anxiety and not um, find ourselves, uh, engaging in that fear and anxiety alongside with somebody. Um, and I actually say to myself, um, uh, this, f- uh, this phrase is very familiar. I think, uh, to some of us, uh, it's, it reflects, um, the discourse, um, to be given to the sick, uh, but in that discourse, uh, there's a series of meditations, uh, that, you know, I am not this body. I um, this body is not me. I am not caught by this body. And so I actually say to myself, this anxiety is not me. I am not caught by this anxiety. Uh, this fear is not me. I am not caught by this fear. And so that has the effect of both... Um, helping me sort out whose feelings are what, because it can get really messy in times of crisis, uh, in times of um, uh, mass um, suffering like this, to figure out whose suffering is whose. Um, And of course it belongs to all of us, Um, but if it belongs to all of us, um, one way that we can help to ease that suffering is to find out who where that source is, and as well uh, to come back into ourselves, to offer a place of stability and a place of uh, freedom so that um, the other person, uh, just as we are uh, experiencing that fear and anxiety, that person can experience our stability. That person can experience our freedom. Um, uh, Brene Brown, uh, in her uh, talks on empathy, uh, Talks about uh, kind of sitting in the pit with somebody. Uh, so when they're experiencing their um, their grief, their sorrow, their fear, uh, you know, we have a tendency to kind of look down from outside. Uh, they're kind of sitting down in the pit, and we look up from above and and say like, "Hey, how's it going down there?" You know, like cheer up. You know, like it's gonna get better or whatever we we offer. Um, but there's a uh, there's a gift that we can offer to sit down in the pit with them, to go down and to just say, boy, this is really hard. I don't have the answers, but I'm right here. I'm here for you, I'm here with you. Um, And at that point, we're not um, uh, kind of reacting or responding, uh, from a place of trying to end that fear and anxiety so that we feel better, but rather we come from a place of wanting to accompany somebody through their own journey, through their own difficulty, um, and so um, finding uh, our our stability. Um, in the midst of all that is happening, uh, can allow us to respond in exactly the same time. Uh, it doesn't have to be um, uh, kind of slowing or uh, avoiding uh, what needs to be tended to, but rather it's coming from a, a, a place of um, a place of peace, uh, a place of compassionate action. Uh, compassionate action born out of uh, stability, born out of relationship um, to our experience, to the present. Um, because in the present, it's not just um, it's not just the difficulty. Uh, there's also opportunities for uh, joy, for gratitude, and. Um, You know, I I think a lot about uh, our friends uh, who, for for them, this time is um, extremely difficult, not just because of the social pressures of uh, perhaps being out of work or uh, the social pressures from uh, not being able to uh, sit across from other people directly, but... um, People for whom uh, being alone uh, or being um, removed from uh, kind of community and those uh, interactions is a real uh, um, suffering um, that comes from uh, not feeling um, safe or secure uh, kind of in themselves or in um, that uh, in that experience. And so I was trying to think at those, at those times when our anxiety and fear and um, discomfort are really ramping up, um, sometimes contemplative practices can happen. Finding our breath uh, can help. Um, finding our breath again, finding uh, our body, but sometimes those contemplative practices can exacerbate um, those feelings of anxiety. Uh, And I I was trying to think, and maybe we can share later too, what other people have done um, ways of engaging the practice that are a little less uh, quiet, um, a little less... um, inviting that uh, uh, contemplative space around us. And one thing I was, a couple of things that I thought of um, was, you know, just uh, drinking tea, just pouring yourself a cup of tea and drinking it. Um, Taking the time to um, just be present with that action, Uh, not as a way of... um, of inviting a, a deep looking, but just as a way of slowing down. Um, another thing uh, could just be uh, reading, um, doing Dharma study, uh, looking at uh, books, um, magazines. Uh, if you have access to um, to those in your home, it's it's nice to get away from the screens for a while. So physical books are always nice. Um, and, uh, um, <laughs> Earlier today, I was just sitting on sitting on the couch back here, and I was just looking at the window, and naming things, um, looking at like uh, oh, there's my neighbor's roof, there's some trees, um, just uh, inviting that little sense of curiosity about um, kind of what's going on outside, uh, and of course, uh, actually going outside <laughs> is uh, uh, helpful too, but. Um, uh, walking meditation outdoors uh, can be wonderful and it doesn't have to be um, a walking meditation that is completely silent and focused on the breath but uh, can kind of cycle through our our um, sensations, uh, our feelings and so we can a couple of moments we can just think about what we're seeing and then move to our ears and uh, to our body uh, the Um, feel of the air, any smells or um, or tastes that we might be experiencing and just kind of cycling through those um, as a way of coming back um, into the present moment without um, kind of boxing ourselves into uh, one particular practice. Uh, So there's lots of um, possibilities for creativity and, uh, and, and being present uh, in a way, by ourselves. That isn't always necessarily just the form of sitting in meditation and following the breath, um, because I know from personal experience and conversations with other people uh, that sometimes that is not um, the uh, go-to calming solution when it's already uh, when you're already uh, feeling agitated. Um, and then the last thing I was um, thinking about, and, and I, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble here for, for naming, uh, for saying this, especially in light of um, uh, the mindfulness training we're looking at uh, this this month uh, through Chris's uh, exploration of, um, of uh, things that kind of pull us out of the present moment, the fifth mindfulness training. Uh, but... Yeah, I was thinking that there could be a wholesome distraction. Uh, and I remember years ago, and I, many of you have heard this from me before, but I was talking to a friend who had been in the practice for a little bit, and she had two little kids and was going through a divorce. And um, she said, you know, sometimes I don't want to just sit and be with my feelings. Uh, sometimes I just want to listen to Van Morrison, and um, that is so skillful, finding that wholesome distraction, finding what really sparks your joy, and doing it on purpose, uh, and I think um, part of the, um, that uh, fifth mindfulness training on consumption is to not um, engage in those things out of uh, habit, but to do it on purpose and to be cognizant of, of what we're taking in um, so that we can water uh, the things that really do nourish us and um, bring us joy. Uh, Van Morrison, for my brother, is um, one of his joys. But for my sister-in-law, uh, his wife, uh, she calls it headphones music. So it's not music that she uh, doesn't water her seeds. but. Um, but there are, um, you know, and, and and for me in my life, I like to play video games with my kids. So we do that. Uh, but we do it, you know, intentionally. It's not, uh, a way of, um, of avoiding life. Uh, um, and we make sure to, uh, to keep it that way. You know, I would think like, um, we play board games. Uh, we've been playing Clue, and that's about a murder mystery, right? That's not what seed is that watering, um, but it's also it's it's just great family time. So uh, I think it's really important that we just go really easy on ourselves um, to trust that uh, um, you know we have a foundation. We have um, we have this uh, shared. Uh, practice together, of coming back to the present moment. And that takes so many different forms. And to be creative and to share that uh, creativity with one another. Um, you know, and the last thing I would say is that um, uh, we're here for you. Um, and when I say we, I'm, I'm looking at uh, at the screen here with... Um, uh, You know, I think there's 28 people here. Um, We're all here for each other. Uh, And there's um, Kanoi's call. Uh, There's lots of resources available if you'd like to get uh, more involved in supporting uh, the community. Um, uh, You can contact me or Corey or the Interfaith Collaborative. I know Nicole was um, part of the uh, Interfaith Collaborative's call on... uh, Monday night, and uh, there's lots of beautiful things happening in the community and uh, lots of ways of engaging um, in relationship, uh, even mediated sometimes through the screen, but certainly mediated um, through our hearts and through our connection uh, to the suffering of the people around us, and um, and also in relationship to our own stability and our own um, Our own peace. Thank you.